This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode nine of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw, and I'm an active investor and real estate agent, and I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to help you build wealth and live within your passions. And as you know, the purpose of this show is to document and share a bunch of great conversations I'm having with people who are super smart, much smarter than me on most occasions. Um, that includes people from across many professions, but each conversation is had through the lens of a real estate professional. Thanks for joining me on the journey. Now, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, check out the website, theagentmind.com. Um, but before we dig into the show, how would you like to free up more of your time, hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more money in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. Stop trying to do it all yourself. Have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reva Global Virtual Assistance by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link, learn more about virtual assistance. I got such a great show today. Um, what a great conversation I had with Denny Faircloth. Um, I'm really finding it hard to, to make an intro today because there's just so much packed into this, this, this show today. I guess to sum it up, really, uh, today's show is truly about mindset and what it should be. Um, working more and more to make more and more money is just unsustainable. So uh, stay tuned as we unpack that statement. Hey, everybody. I'm so fired up about today's guest. Um, this is definitely another show that's going to have a lot of takeaways. So get the pen and paper out. Um, my guest today is a, a true entrepreneur, a real estate investor, um, a team leader with EXP, a, a real estate mentor, coach, um, and a partner with Real Estate Connections, which is a network community for the real estate industry. So welcome to the show, everyone. Denny Faircloth. How are you today, Denny? Great. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for being on. I my pleasure. It. I love uh, I love shows like this. So look awesome. forward to the conversation. So what did I miss there? I know I know you're into a lot. You uh, like I said, a true entrepreneur. So is there anything I missed that that you wanted to tell everybody about? No, I'm sure we'll uncover it. Um, I'd say just as a brief backstory, yeah, I'm most well known in the working and investing world because my partner Peter uh, Pasternak, who hopefully you'll have on the show, was the lead <laughs> character on A and E's Flip This House. So. For the past decade, we have run a networking event here in Atlanta. We meet the first Thursday of every month. And prior to COVID, we didn't miss a month in a decade. So people are like, oh, a networking event. So just, just to give you a perspective, um, three to 400 people come every single month, month after month. And we've got a community of over 20,000 real estate professionals here in Atlanta that are like really intimate and connected. And it's become a real, like resource for realtors, lenders property managers, inspectors, appraisers, uh, closing attorneys, you know, if you make money in real estate in Atlanta, then you're probably a member of that group. And if you're not, then you should be, uh, that's real estate connections. And so we really, that was born out of a desire to connect the real estate community because, you know, flipping houses had started a general contracting business. We're looking for other real estate people and we just couldn't find, you'd go to a networking event and there'd be like, one person there that was worth talking to and had anything to do with real estate. So mm -hmm. um, we did it to connect with other real estate people and it kind of took on a life of its own. So 
uh, I, prior to real estate, I was actually a fan of Peter, uh, which I always tell the story. I think it's really funny. Um, I was in my mid twenties, um, had, you know, built a successful organization in the network marketing world, multiple six figure earner, tens of thousands of reps all over the country. So I was making money, but I'm watching Peter flip houses on TV with our former partner, Brian. And I'm like, well, those guys don't look all that smart. (laughs) So I'm talking to my wife, like if they can do it, we can do it. And like a lot of people, you know, it looks uh, easier than it is, uh, as you were personally discovering as well. But then um, I let all this kind of like fear over making a bad decision and losing money or making a mistake keep me from getting started. And I, and I thought about it for years and years and years. And then my dad died and my mom found herself with a home that was dated and that she couldn't mm-hmm. afford. So I renovated the kitchens, bathrooms, flooring and paint and mm-hmm. then listed it. And I looked at, you know, my, my, uh, my mom, my wife, everybody's like, well, that wasn't scary or intimidating as I thought it would be. So yeah. It wasn't that, so bad. Uh, yeah. Shortly after that, I connected with Peter on Facebook. I'm the weirdo who, if I read a book or watch a show and it's meaningful and, it, and I think they did a good job, I will send the author or the, the celebrity, whoever, a message and say, hey, like, I really appreciate that. You did a great job. So I reached out to Peter and didn't expect him to, but he replied and we ended up having coffee, became fast friends. And then you know, fully transitioned in flipping houses, real estate connections. And then uh, over the years, I'd be like, Peter, there's a lot of people like me who, you know, I appreciated his mentorship and this before we came, you know, became friends and partners and said, you know, there's tons of other people that need to know what you know, because I know that, you know, like me, they're, they're maybe scared or, or they're, they're, they don't know where to start or they're uneducated. And, you know, you've got a lot of value to add and um, you should bring this up if you talk to him about it. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, what do I have to, that? what do I know that they don't already know? <laughs> and it's such a course of knowledge that you, what becomes, uh, you know, kind of common sense to you, normal to you mm-hmm. is like mind blowing to someone else. And here he was, undergrad, master, CPA, bank auditor, bank president, ran seven companies, and then got into real estate investing, flipped hundreds of houses on national TV, and we're sitting here talking, and he doesn't realize that he knows, I mean, how much yeah. someone else wants to know. So that's really where we went down the road of uh, mentoring investors, and I thought, that flipping houses and mentoring investors was all I would ever do. And then honestly, you know, uh, the whole EXP business model, like I, I didn't have any desire to do transactional real estate, mm-hmm. like the buying and selling and working with clients. I've, I've fallen in love with it and I enjoy it. Um, my wife and I, you know, we do about 5 million plus a year, uh, mm-hmm. but I've got a unique approach to how we do that. But I, I didn't really, that wasn't what attracted me to real estate. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, who was the number one broker owner in the world for Remax, 15 offices, 400, uh, agents, billions in sales. And he had sold it, you know, he had high, high blood pressure and a ton of money. So he oh, sold yeah. the high blood pressure <laughs> <laughs> and he kept all the money. 
And uh, he had come out of retirement and uh, because of the EXP business model and introduced me to the concept, it really blew my mind. I know uh, you found it extremely intriguing as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's what inspired me to go get my license. And what I fell in love with in that process was I realized that my 15 years of, you know, executive marketing and business development experience was very applicable to real estate and that, and that you could do it in ways that people really weren't thinking about. And so first I applied it to my own business. It went really well. And then I started mentoring other agents. So that's what really at its core, if I were to try to um, uh, explain what gets me excited and what I'm passionate about, it's really mentoring other aspiring entrepreneurs, be it realtors, real estate investors, or just people who are trying to build a business that supports their desired life, not a life to support their business. Yeah. And that's very well said. And that's, that's definitely probably the main reason I, I wanted to have you on the show. Um, just going from a, a lot of agents get into the, into the business and they're, they're instantly told that you're, you're now a business owner. You act as a business owner. So, but that's not really true, I think. So if you could kind of expound on, 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 what it means to be like a small business owner, as opposed to truly a business owner. Sure. Um, you know, because I think that's what, that's, that's kind of what you alluded to that a little bit. And I would love to get into that a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So like many people in real estate, I read rich dad, poor dad. That is mm -hmm. like the, um, uh, what's well, I forget. I'm, I'm having a, uh, a brain fart, but it's like every, real estate investor at some point was introduced to Robert Kiyosaki, right? Oh yes, It's a right. I don't necessarily agree with everything the guy says, mm -hmm. but a whole lot of it. And um, he's been, I don't even know the guy, but he's been a lifelong mentor to me, mm -hmm. if you know what I'm talking about. So I read Rich Dad, uh, Poor Dad, but it's not really about investing. It is simply about trying to teach people from a mindset perspective, the difference in an asset and a liability and the mm -hmm. difference in climbing the corporate ladder and getting a job versus being your own boss and having your own business. And so it was a very elementary introduction, but I was hooked instantly. And just to kind of give you a little backstory. I have problems with authority. I don't like being told <laughs> what to do. I've never been able to keep a job. I would, you know, I went to school to, uh, party, meet girls, play soccer, have fun. Like I didn't go to college because I was like, oh yeah, I want to, you know, get this specific degree and go crush it in corporate America. And so that's kind of the foundation of where I was coming into my early twenties, mm -hmm. totally immature and, um, you know, had all of my priorities, uh, wrong, like most 20 something year olds. Yeah. Do. I was going to say, but you're the only one, you're the only 20 year old. <laughs> And, and, and then one of my, um, my roommate's father gave him that book and I just kind of picked it up and read it because it was sitting there and it's like an elementary school explanation. You know, it had to dumb it down for me so I could understand it, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was hooked. I, I immediately read every purple book he ever wrote, <laughs> yeah. which was probably a dozen of them already at the time. And there's more now, mm -hmm. um, but the, the follow-up what I call rich dad, poor dad 2.0 was cash flow quadrants. And that's what really changed my entire perspective on life and career. And it really set me out, set me down this path of like lifelong learning. I mean, I have been uh, 
<laughs> I don't know if I should tell y'all this. I never <laughs> read a book before I graduated from college. All right. Think about that. College degree. Yeah. And by the way, I finished in four years with a scholarship, like academic and sports scholarship. So it wasn't like I was stupid. I didn't like anything they were trying to teach me. Right. It's, it's a, not to interrupt or go on a sidetrack here, but it kind of lends to the idea that uh, maybe, you know, I don't want to knock going to college or anything like that, but maybe there's other things to learn oh, out I'll there. I will get on life. that. <laughs> I have four young kids, seven, five, four, and two. I mm -hmm. will jump on that stump. 90% of people going to school are wasting their time and their money. Nice. There you have it. Yeah. So, and I will tell my kids the same thing. You want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be something that requires a higher education then sure. But a hundred thousand dollar degree in uh, basket weaving is not, right. it's not happening. I, I, mean, I had that conversation with my, my daughter about two days ago and it was, she was asking about what, what to take in college, which is great for an 11 year old to be asking. Sure. First of all, but um, we talked about, you know, not going anywhere near a liberal arts degree or anything like that like use something that you can like a business degree that you can take and you can use in other areas no matter what industry well it's in. just like a business isn't it like mm -hmm. shouldn't you sit down this 16 17 year old 18 year old whatever and have a cost benefit analysis like oh yeah like at that point if they're 16 17 they've had a couple of jobs they they're beginning to understand that money doesn't grow on trees mm -hmm. say so you know if we invest this hundred, by the time my kids get there, $200,000, right? In this education. Yeah. How much money do you think reasonably you should be able to expect to make when you graduate? And over what time period do you reasonably think you should be able to pay this money back? Yeah. And that's not a conversation that high school guidance counselors are having. With, with no, kids. because no one would go drop a hundred grand to get a job making 30,000 a year. You don't even need that. Like you right. could literally go get <laughs> my, when I was uh, in my early twenties, we're way off track, but I think this is That's just okay. so relevant for yeah. people. Um, in my early twenties, one of my uh, girlfriends, she went to cosmetology school right out of high school. And by, so by 18, she's literally cutting hair and you know, it wasn't like she stayed at Great Clips. She every year would go to some fancy salon in New York or LA and she would do continuing ed and she was on the cutting edge of trends and she went to a nice salon. And so she was constantly getting better and better and constantly growing her business. And she mm -hmm. did a great job and she got tons of referrals. By the time she was 20, she was making $120,000 a year. Yeah. Her friends were still at school. Mm -hmm. She's out you know there. I mean? It's like, so... <laughs> You can go get a real estate license. You can go get a mortgage license, an insurance license, a cosmetology degree. You can go learn a, a, a skill or a trade or a craft and you can get to work yeah. and get a couple of years out in the real world before you like, because you just don't know. And here's what it is. It's not that college is all that bad. An 18 year old that's never had a job doesn't know what they want to be. So why would you spend a hundred grand on an education? You're not sure you're going to use. That's a very good point for sure. Because I know that I... I have a degree in culinary and restaurant management and I'm using neither of those. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And still paying the student loans for that as well. So. Right. Yeah, but you probably could have pursued that career track straight out of high school and then learned over time, whether or not it was something that you really wanted to do and you wouldn't have had that debt load, which I think, you know, it's just helping young people make better decisions. Yeah, most definitely. 
That's awesome. Well, that was a good, that was a good tangent to, to roll off on. Um, <clears throat> it, it was, it should create <laughs> some good social posts. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but, so anyway, uh, I read rich dad, poor dad, and then cash flow quadrants just to kind of continue that. And you would ask, you know, about realtors specifically, whether or not I think they're business owners and they are, but not in the sense that they think they are. Um, in that book, the four quadrants are E as an employee. And that's when you're, you know, punching a clock, people are telling you what to do. You have very little control or autonomy and, and you're not going to get, you know, your income's not going to go up a lot, but you know, idea, they, most people, they, they get stuck there because they get a paycheck, they build a lifestyle to their paycheck, and then they can't get rid of the paycheck. Right. But for the ones that either try part time or they save up a little bit and rip off the bandaid and go full time, they jump into the S quadrant, which is self-employed. Notice it's still employed. You're just your self-employee, which is is a big distinction. Your boss doesn't tell you what to do. You should tell you what to do. Your calendar should tell you what to do, which is something that people struggle with. They'll, they'll work 50, 60 hours a week for $40,000 a year because their boss tells them to. And as soon as they get the real estate license, the first thing they do is take a vacation. Right. <laughs> uh, nope. It's time to put in 50 to 60 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. Even, even more so. So that's even more longer, difficult. Yeah, exactly. Because now it's, now it's not trading your time for a paycheck, you have to produce to get paid. Mm -hmm. So that also comes with an investment of time and investment of money and no guarantees. So there's more risk, but there's also no ceiling. You can make, you can go from 40,000 to 50, 100, 200, 300,000, right? Right. Yeah. And that's the best part about it. That's what I liked about it because I was in a job W2. I would, if I did a great job and my bosses were happy, I'd get a 3% increase every year if I was lucky. Yeah. Um, you went from yeah. 60,000 to 62,000. Yeah. It was, it was, and I felt great about it, but you know, <laughs> I, I want to wake up in the mirror and look in the mirror and say, it, how there's no cap onto what I can make. It's all up to me. So that's what got me into, you know, getting my real estate license and, and moving forward in that direction. Yeah, and then, and then your beyond own boss, mm-hmm. call your own shots, make more money, have more autonomy, have more freedom, have a better lifestyle. Like that's what people want, and mm-hmm. and rightfully so. But what I think the two misconceptions is that one, what they find is that you know, going out and being the marketing department, the business development department, the contracting department, you know what I mean? Operations, Mm -hmm. accounting, legal, like you are everything. So you're having to wear all these different hats, which is a challenge. And I will say that I was fortunate that my personality lent itself. uh, I sold Cutco Cutco knives and Kirby vacuum cleaners as a kid. Nice. My, um, my brother was a, a Cutco knife salesman. I used ago. to buy uh, candy at the gas station in the eighties and stick it in my fanny pack and sell it at school. Like I was crazy. Nice. Yeah. Like, I've, I've tried it all. So um, I guess my point is when you get into a, a business like real estate, um, the, the sales, the relationships, the business development, the marketing, that is the number one gateway skill to being successful. Like you can be really detailed oriented and really organized and really system. You can have great systems and you can be a good operator. Um, But if you've got no clients, you're not going to have anything to operate. Right. 
Now, the flip side of that is if you're like me, you can make it rain, but then you make a mess and someone's got to clean it up, right? <laughs> so it's not, they can both be successful. It's just understanding what you're good at and what you're not. But your number one priority when you get a real estate license is go get a client. Mm -hmm. When I tell new agents all the time, they're spending all those hours like learning KV Core and learning uh, Skyslope and learning, you know, all these platforms and all these contracts. I'm like, you got a client? They're yeah. like, nope. I'm like, so <laughs> yeah, take action. Yeah, that's it. Go get one of those. Exactly. It's funny you say that because I have um, for a long time, as I, I, you know, I mentioned before that I'm, I'm into um, personal growth and reading books and all that stuff. Um, I would read books and I'd pick up another book and read the book and then, but I wasn't, nothing was really happening because uh -huh. I'd read the book and then I'd be like, oh, that was great knowledge. I want more knowledge. But there's a there's a piece there that I was missing. That's the action part. Like taking action on what you're learning is is key or nothing ever is going to change or no, you're not going to get any clients and, and all that. So. Um, have you heard of like, uh, you know, it's a operations like Six Sigma, like just in time delivery for goods and manufacturing? Yes, I have. I've heard of it. I've not studied it, but I, I, I know the concept conceptually it's like you don't want a warehouse that stores a bunch of stuff you want your, mm -hmm. your supplies to land not too much before you put it together and sell it so it's like just in time delivery of goods i call it i i take that same concept and i call it just in time learning you learn just what you need to learn to go do it and then after you do it and you get results you need to learn the next thing does that make sense yeah that's that's a uh... That's awesome. That's solid gold right there. The so, the analogy between the just in time inventory and then just in time learning is, but I never thought of it that way. So that's great. Well, I'm, if you just read books and watch videos, you might as well fill up a warehouse full of crap that you're never going to sell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to learn, do, and then by the way, my life's mento is learn, do, teach, mm -hmm. learn something, do it, teach someone. And here's the dirty secret. Um, when you teach someone, you learn it better than you did when you learn it and did it. Oh, yeah because you're now having to understand it through their perspective and through their eyes, coaching investors and realtors makes me better at both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that's in a, a little secret of mine is uh, that's a, one of the selfish reasons for starting this podcast is, is the, is sharing these, these conversations that I'm having with people that are much smarter than I am <laughs> and, and, you know, hopefully teaching a little bit along the way. So I'm definitely learning a lot. Yeah, um, it's awesome. But um, uh, education. So well, my little catchphrase is education without execution is just entertainment. So you might as well watch TV. That's right. That's right. That is a good one. But it does feel good to learn new stuff. But you know, the magic happens when you do it. Yeah, but it's a it's safe. You know, it's it feels mm -hmm. safe when you're learning. You're like, um, you, you feel like you're taking action. And I guess technically you are in some degree, but it's, it's, it's safe action. It's not like going, putting yourself out there and being a little vulnerable and trying to apply the knowledge that you just took in. Yeah. The well, one place I will challenge you is like, you know, it's, it's safe only from the perspective that, you know, you, you, you don't get rejected. Mm -hmm. You don't quote unquote fail, but it does lead to failure from the standpoint that if you don't do something, you will right. ultimately fail. Yeah, most definitely. So it has its own inherent risk, but, um, so an employee trades their time for money, a realtor, they are self-employed. They do get to, um, you know, make their own schedule and call their own shots. But if you don't take action, like we're talking about, nothing ever happens. 
Um, so if you do take action and you are successful, then what happens? The same thing that happens at your job happens to your real estate business. Mm -hmm. Realtors are conditioned to think that if they could just sell a few more homes, all their problems would be solved. If they could go from zero transactions a year to five transactions a year, if they could go from five to 10, from 10 to 20, from 20 to 50, from 50 to 100, like where does it stop? Mm -hmm. And the answer is it doesn't. So, yeah. and that's a good point too, because it's a lot of it is your, your goal is a number of transactions, which doesn't really relate to income necessarily. Well, it could, it could be a number of transactions. It could be an income. It does. My point is just like people get a paycheck and they build a lifestyle to that paycheck. And then they're stuck. They're like attached to the paycheck realtors. I don't care if they do five, 10, 15, 20 transactions a year, one, two, five, 10, 20 million a year. All of them make the mistake of building their lifestyle to the level of their paycheck. Mm -hmm. And then they find out the hard way that the more money they make, the harder they have to work to make that money. And when you're trading your production for a paycheck, just like when you're trading your time for a paycheck, both of those require you to do all the work to make all the money. So I have um, agents on my team, icon agents. I mean, you're talking about multiple six-figure earners, 10, 20 million in production, 50, 100 transactions a year, 20 years in the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, and here, there, I've had a license for a couple of years and don't even do as much volume as they do. But but what they what they come to me wanting to know is they're like, Denny, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, every month, every year, month after month, year after year, I have to recreate this business again and again and again, and I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting mentoring people because I get the newbies that just want to learn how to make money. They're like, how do I make a hundred grand doing this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get the ones that are making a hundred, 200, 300, 500. And they're like, how do I get out of having to do this? Yeah. And so ultimately... That's what um, cash flow quadrants is the left side, the E and the S that's, that's active income. That's trading your time for money, trading your production for money. But if you're tethered to your phone, you're tethered to your computer, you're never taking a vacation, your work, you know, you're neglecting your health, you're neglecting your faith, you're neglecting your family, you're neglecting mm -hmm. everything that's supposedly important to you in life. Cause you've built this life to support your business. Well, the key to making the transition from the left side, from the S quadrant to the right side. And by the way, the right side is business owner is kind of the next evolution. And the last is investor, but to business owner investors, because those are passive residual leveraged. Like those are my favorite words, passive mm -hmm. residual leveraged <laughs> is because from a, a mindset perspective, it's hard. The hardest part of that transition is that you're used to getting paid for what you do. And when you make the transition, it's not what you necessarily do. It's not that you, in the, in the beginning of the transition, by the way, you're going to work harder, not less mm -hmm. period. Cause you got to do what you were doing to maintain that lifestyle you built and then 
start developing this passive income stream. But if you're tired of being like commission dependent and living one commission check to the next commission check, always searching for another client, always searching for another transaction, and you want to be able to like take a vacation, you want to be able to turn your phone off, you want to be able to, you know, spend time with your family, then like you have to, do, you have to make this transition. Um, I'm kind of being serious, but I've got a little joke that I love to um, ask. And, I, and um, you may have heard me ask it before, but have you ever been to a realtor's retirement party? No. Yeah, it's called their funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because most of them sell until they die. It's and true. that is awful. So you can ask them and they'll be like, oh, I love it. No, you don't. Like, yeah, it's better than a Walmart greeter because it pays better and you can still, you know, pretend like you love it. Mm -hmm. But given the opportunity to sell real estate until you die or go do what you want to do, you know yeah. what I mean? Which, which would you rather do? So it's really about like creating those options and um, it's a, it's a, it's the hardest transition is the mindset because it's all about the process. It's all about the system. It's all about leverage. You're going to make less on more. Mm -hmm. And if you're a realtor thinking that like, how can I keep the most of my, my commissions? How can I get a hundred percent of my money? I want to keep it all. And I want to do more transactions. Well, that's all well and good if you want to sell till you die. Yeah. But if you ever want to get out of the hustle business, I, I don't know. At some point, I love Gary V love him. Mm -hmm. But um, work yourself to death is is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I agree 100% on that one. I have no interest in hashtag crushing it. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have been together for 15 years married for 10 this May, we had four babies in five years and two months, they're seven, five, four and two, I literally have used cash flow quadrants and passive leverage residual income. Like that's been my focus for 20 years. Because when I got to this season, and I was you know, turning gray and called dad. Like yeah. I wanted to have life left in me and <laughs> in, in money and time. It changes everything. It, it does. <laughs> and and, I'm, and I wonder asking like, if we went back 20 years ago, 30 years ago and asked these agents that are still loving it at 68, they're still selling real estate. Would you, what would you think they would say if they said, you know, when you're 68, you're, you're still going to be selling real estate. That's, that's what you want to do. Like, what would they say? I'd be curious to, um, to know. You know, no, none of them planned on doing it forever. Yeah. None of them. And life happens. Mm -hmm. But um, getting out of transactional real estate and into developing assets, and an asset could be um, a rental property, which mm -hmm. is, a, you know, an asset that cash flow and appreciation. An asset could be a team where mm -hmm. you're not solely now a lot of unfortunately a lot of realtors that try to build a team the margins are so low in their brokerage and i'm not picking on keller williams but if you're in a, on a 70 30 split with keller williams and then you're on a team doing a 50 50 split with your team leader yeah. and then the franchise gets six percent and then um you know it, it all gets water you're you net net like 25 30 percent yeah. And so it's hard to keep people on your team. It's like a revolving door. You bring on a new person, you invest a lot of time and energy and effort training them, getting them up to speed, getting them productive, helping them get a client base. Mm -hmm. and it's good while you're doing that. But as soon as they feel self-sufficient, they're gone. 
Definitely. So that's a bit of a revolving door, but building a team can, you can create leverage. One of the challenges now you have to be productive and train your team. Or right. if you open a brokerage, well, you know, I would never do that because I'll end up in jail. Not because I would <laughs> intentionally break the law, but you've heard me say a minute ago, I'm not yeah. organization detail system. No, you don't want me looking at contracts and, you know, doing compliance. I hear you. I know I would have to hire people for that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of risk and liability and overhead in launching a brokerage in a high failure rate. Mm-hmm. But a brokerage is another way that you could get into that business, you know, quadrant. Um, network marketing. Uh, Peter and I have a um, distributorship with ACN, which is Advanced Communication Network. Uh, mm-hmm. They're 27 years old, but they do phone, gas, electricity, internet, um, home security systems. You know what I'm saying? That's like, mm-hmm. we don't have to reinvent ourselves and do a whole nother business. It's part of real estate. Like my clients already asked me for that stuff anyway. So I'm like, here's yeah. all your options. Like choose one of these or choose something else. I don't care. But it's just another ancillary we have like seven or 800 customers and we've only been doing this for like six months. Yeah. And so, that, that's a good point too. That it brings me to another question is, um, you know, as you're making that shift, a lot of people, they, you know, especially creative people will start to get all sorts of ideas about how to do that and how to make money. Like kind of staying in your lane is I think important. Like you, you don't want to, if you're in real estate and like the ACN fits in with real estate, but you don't want to like go start a, um, you know, a barbecue sauce company or something like that. Right. You know and there's I mean? realtors who are, you know, I don't, um, there's a thousand different ways, by the way. Um, FES financial education services is another one. Um, but, mm-hmm. but credit repair money, um, you know, there's these ancillary. Now here's, here's the thing I will caution anyone and everyone about whether it's ACN or FES or, you know, some people do some realtors are like, I'm going to supplement my income. I'm going to do BPOs. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna do inspections, or I'm gonna do appraisals, or I'm gonna do all these other things. No, that's just you. That's like getting a second, a third, and a fourth job. It's yeah. just more of the it's more of the same. Yeah, moonlighting. <laughs> yeah, you're just working more. That's yeah. not a solution. Like, oh, work more. Um, these other ones, like, you're not gonna catch me out waving the ACN flag and neglecting my real estate business. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, yeah, it's that's a, it's a tool. It's not the business. Because don't get me wrong, if you, if you ever talk to anyone in any network marketing company, their company's the best thing since sliced bread. You know what I mean? They have the best products and the best <laughs> compensation plan and the best leadership and the wah, wah, wah. Yep. They'll want you to focus on that. That's not your focus. Your focus is your real estate business. But how can you bolt on some ancillary services that give you a passive leveraged income, whether that's uh, Keller Williams profit share Um mm-hmm. Obviously, you and I with EXP and their revenue share program, Real has one, Exit has like every, a lot of brokerages now have recognized the benefit of giving mm-hmm. a agents leverage. So the agent brings them new agents, good for the brokerage, and they mm-hmm. can develop a passive income stream, good for the agent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, all, rather than close your mind and say, you know, how am I going to sell more houses this year? That's going to solve all my problems. I would just encourage people like, how can you develop a real estate portfolio? Uh, you know, when it comes to um, long-term rentals and short-term rentals, would, would you self-manage or hire a property manager? Personally, I would, I would hire a property manager because I don't, I don't, 
that's that's the way I've been thinking for a while though. Is like I want to remove myself from those day to day stuff so that I can do the things that I value, my family, you know, raise my kids, be there for dinner every night, and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah definitely hire a profit. Self manage it's just more work. Yeah, like give up the margin, the five or ten percent a month, and. And as long as it's still profitable it's, mm-hmm. and if it's not profitable with professional property management, don't do it. Yeah. And it, it gives you the time to go find another property, you know, yeah. in you don't yeah. want all of the profit out of one house. You want some of the profit out of a hundred of them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So it really is a, a mindset shift from me, 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 me to, to us. Yeah. And it took me a long time to even hire a transaction coordinator. And, you know, once you know how you long do, it took me? How long? Three, the first day. <laughs> One <laughs> transaction. Yeah. And, and it's she's better than me. She'd been in the business almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her parents are aging. She's got responsibilities there that in, in, inhibit her ability to go be productive as an agent. Mm-hmm. So, has this skill set and she can do it from home and be flexible and so she's super excited because it's uh helpful for her and i'm super excited because i don't have to do it yeah and it's worth every penny i'm sure 100 <laughs> percent. if you are doing real estate and i mean one transaction in a year or 50 mm-hmm. and you don't have someone doing all of the paperwork you you're you don't get it. Yeah. Cause that will, that's the number one thing that will bog you down. Is- if you can make five or 10 grand in a transaction and let's say it takes 30 or 40 hours completely to go through the whole transaction, some less, some more, but mm-hmm. let's say it's full, let's say it's 30, 30 hours from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Let's say you make five or 10 grand, but for 300 bucks, you can outsource 10 hours of the work. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> if you want to make a million dollars a year, don't do $10 an hour stuff. Right. Exactly. I so, love that. Yeah, it's just a, like you said before, it's a mindset shift of, you know, I, I hate the term you got to spend money to make money. That's not really a, applicable, but, you know, you have to, you have to know where to, where to let go of some money in order to be, um, you know, it's, to compound the, the rest of your income. It's all wrapped up in um, fear and scarcity. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're scared that you that you won't have another transaction, that you won't be able to pay your mortgage, that you won't be able to get another client, that no, mm-hmm. if you're the, if what you focus on expands, so that fear will paralyze you from taking the action you need to get what you want, and so fear of not getting another transaction will prevent you from taking the action of getting a transaction coordinator, which will cost you tens of hours of your life, which will prevent you from going and doing what you need to do to get another transaction. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And so, it's really just, if you think about it, it's if they're doing 10 hours worth of work, five transactions in you're, you're saving 50 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, and that's a and, whole nother two transactions. And, and well, and faith, faith and fear cannot coexist. Right. So if you're fearful of the future, you can't have faith in a positive outcome and a negative mindset never gave you a positive outcome. That's so true. So you, so you have to have faith that it will work out and start making decisions in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. 
in the direction of the life you want, not the one that you um, look around and see. Yeah. And that's what I, I teach my kids that too, is, is making every, every choice you make is either taking you towards your goals or away from your goals. There's no like middle of the road. And that takes right. it even further. So I'm glad to, this is why I love having these conversations. It's the fear and faith cannot exist in the same space. That's awesome. I'm going to take that one. I'm going to use it over again. <laughs> I stole it from someone else. Perfect. That's how it that's works. Another thing, that's <laughs> another thing that, um, that people will learn as they go down this road is that there's really no new information. There's different mm -hmm. perspectives on old concepts, but the things that I've learned from my mentors um, learned them from theirs. Mm-hmm who learned them from theirs. Just like you learned some stuff from your parents who learned it from their parents, who learned it from their parents. And along the way, they all mix in a little bit of life experience, but mm -hmm. you know, the older you get, the smarter your parents, you, you realize they were. <laughs> I know. I hate that, <laughs> but it's so true. It's, it's uh, the information doesn't change. Just the analogies just change. Right. So as we, you know, as society has different experiences with technology, the analogies get a little more updated, but it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Now think now everything does seem to change at a rapid pace and move really, really fast, but, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the basic principles of it are, are the same. Yeah, for sure. So that, this is awesome. I want you to dig in a little bit too. Um, I know you're big into fitness. Um, I am. So dig in a little bit of that because I think it's, it's um, not just when you're thinking about mindset, is it um, healthy to think about, um, you know, positivity and taking action and all that, but you got to take care of your body and your physical space there to, in order to really be in a position where you can have the brain function to be positive and, and so on and so forth. So how does that, how do you, how do you work with that? And, and how does it affect you? I, I think it's probably um, even bigger than, um, than that uh, because a lot of us get so focused on if I just make more money, if I just lose weight, if I just, you know, and they insert a one dimensional, if I just did this thing, you know, mm -hmm. and the reality is it's a holistic, comprehensive, and this has been a lifelong journey. So if I, if I laid it all out for you right now, it would make you tired. <laughs> <laughs> the effort that I put into taking care of me. Yeah. But I, it was baby steps and I grew into it. And the, the cool thing about where, whoever you are listening, watching this, you're not racing me, you're racing you. And so um, most people grossly overestimate what they can accomplish in a year. They set um, new year's resolutions. You know, it took them 20 years to get into this position financially or from a health perspective, they're mm -hmm. going to get out of it in one year. That's totally irrational, but most people underestimate what they can do in 10. So if you're 60, it's not too late. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, you know, I've met 85 year olds who are learning new languages. Like it's never too late. Yeah. But, uh, Back to your question, um, I had the benefit of being a lifelong soccer player. So by the time I was three, four years old, I was playing soccer. I played at a very high level all the way through um, Division One college on a full scholarship. So 
Um, I just afterwards uh, realized that at the time, the professional, the MLS was a new league. And, you know, even the good guys were like $2,000 a month and four guys living in an apartment together. It was like college without <laughs> classes. <laughs> you park cars in the off season and people are like, what do you want to do when you grow up? We were like, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. They just don't pay me. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> but so fitness has always been part of my journey, but like everybody else, you know, it's like I have varying degrees of abs or no abs fit or not fit. And it's not just what you see in the mirror, but it's your hormones, your energy, your mind, your mental clarity, all of that stuff goes into being fit. So if you, if you're in bad shape, you feel bad all over. Like you don't have the energy to do what you need to do. And that could be in your business. That could be as a parent that could be, you know, in, in any aspect of your life. So it's more like mental, physical, spiritual, like all of those things. So I get up um, every day at five and I'm not a morning person. You can when you just told yourself that that's because he's a morning person and I'm more of a night owl. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call an excuse. Yeah. You can make excuses or you can make money. You can't do both. Right. Make excuses or you can be fit. You can't do both. You can make excuses. You could be a good father, but you can't do both. Mm -hmm. So that was an excuse that just popped up in your head <clears throat> and I'm the one that'll hold you accountable to it. <laughs> So I had to grow into that. But as I got older, got married, had children, I, I realized that my time was no longer my own, but I valued the things I'm about to tell you so much that five in the morning was when I found time to do it. Yeah. So I get up, do my devotional and I haven't been, you know, I get labeled with the like Christian, like I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. It drove a wedge between me and God. I ran as far, as fast as you possibly could, did mm -hmm. everything in life that you shouldn't do and boomeranged back like the prodigal son late in life. <laughs> but I've learned that, you know, doing devotional prayer, meditation, uh, just literally getting quiet. Mm -hmm. Affirmations, like all of that, me, God, the universe, higher power, whatever you believe in or don't believe in. If you don't believe in anything, that's fine. I dare you to shut up for 10 minutes every morning, play no music and sit in silence and dark and solitude. Yeah. And see if something doesn't start talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Something does for sure. And it, and it, it's tough for people like, the, you know, the excuse of like, I can't meditate. I, my mind, I can't turn my mind off. Well, you, if you try it once for five minutes, of course you, of course you can't do it, but it's like anything. It takes practice, you know, it, whether it's your, your relationship with God, your faith, your meditation, reading, whatever it is that you do with your time, it takes practice. Yeah. If you, if you're constantly trying to distract your mind from your thoughts, then of course it's going to be hard to quiet your mind. Yeah. But That's I can tell you now, the first time I did it a minute was like forever. And now I could probably do it for an hour and not miss a beat. Yeah. So um, I don't have an fast. hour, by the way. It's just like <laughs> prayer, meditation, affirmation, visualizations, like all my mental, spiritual stuff. Then I dive right into my fitness. Um, and, and I used to, you know, I used to go to the gym and crush it for like two hours and punish myself. I don't have time to do that. Yeah. You can get it done in 30 minutes. Straight up, you can throw in your clothes, 
do some exercise, get your heart up, heart rate up for 30 mm-hmm. minutes. And oh, so yeah. I do all of that before 645. And I pray that my children will sleep until at least 645. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's <laughs> having kids will definitely, uh, you know, take up a lot of time in a good way, in a good way. But you definitely it's I'm the same way I get up in the morning. It's my time before everyone else is up. The house is quiet because as soon as one wakes up, it's it's a whole nother house. Oh, no, TJ, your life is easy. (laughs) You've got it so easy compared to me. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that seriously. I mean that like that's what everybody tells themselves. Yeah. Is that this person over here has it easy. Like I was up till one o'clock working on a webinar, 130 working on a webinar the other day. As soon as I laid down and fell asleep, my girls, the oldest two, they came in and woke me up because they had a bad dream. Mm-hmm. And then they crawled in our bed, which we never let them do. And they were tossing and turning. So I couldn't sleep. So I took them back to their room. I'm like, to heck with it. I'm just going to do my devotional. Sat down. 15 minutes later, I hear some rumbling. I go upstairs. The, <laughs> the two youngest, the boys, the two and the four-year-old, have Terra paint markers out, painting the walls and the carpet. The carpet is three months old. Awesome. It's now blue. So (laughs) that's when you got to dig deep and then, you know, thank for that meditation. (laughs) Yeah. That's when they should thank God that I know him because if not, they would have died. Most definitely. (laughs) But to your point, mental and physical fitness makes me better at being a dad makes me better at being a husband makes me better at being a business partner a realtor an investor an entrepreneur i don't walk on water i'm not perfect i do mm-hmm. you know uh lose it and i'm not and i and i make mistakes but if i weren't mentally and physically fit all of those things would be compounded yeah you know the likelihood and covid's a real sensitive t- subject right now but if you're 65 and overweight and, and eat garbage, you're probably going to struggle more and smoked, mm-hmm. you know, your whole life, you're probably going to struggle more with it than me. And you can't blame me that you're 65 smoking overweight and treated your body like garbage for your whole life. When I'm literally waking up crushing myself on purpose, right? To get better. Because yeah. if you choose easy in life, your life will be hard. And if you yeah. choose hard in life, your life gets easier. It goes back to choices. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying that like there aren't people who life hasn't dealt them a, a bad hand. It has mm-hmm. but in life. We all get dealt a hand mm-hmm. and you can either stare at TJ and compare your hand to his, or you can look at your hand and decide how to play your cards. And when you take care of yourself mentally and physically and, and spiritually, then everything else just gets easier. Yeah. And, and not to, we won't get into this, but there's definitely a, a, a chemical change that happens in your body that, oh, that puts you in 100%. a better position mentally and just to, to go crush the day. It's like catapulting through the day. Yeah. When so. you start your day with silence and solitude and getting your mind right and, and exercise, mm-hmm. you know, everything else gets better. I mean, we do gluten and dairy free to eliminate, um, inflammation in our body. Uh, mm-hmm. We do intermittent fasting. So 14 to 16 hours between dinner and breakfast um, for hormonal balance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like all, all the things, you know, uh, and it's not a diet, it's a, an entire lifestyle built around. I want to be like the dad 
that mm-hmm. isn't, um, you know, tired and uh, lazy. And uh, I want to be present for my kids. I coach all of their soccer teams. Nice. All of them. That's, that's a job in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we volunteer every week. My wife's on staff at our church and I volunteer every week and we juggle kids with the grandparents, you know, with uh, her mom and my mom, like it's a, it, we're in a season that's super, super busy. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for back to the topic at hand, if it weren't for passive income, I mean, yeah, Lord help me. Pretty good way to bring it around for sure. <laughs> so before I, we didn't talk too much about um, real estate connections. So I know we're kind of running out of time, but but real quick, like give us what's the plans for the future? I know COVID kind of put put the brakes on the physical meetings. Um, like when do you plan on having those come back up and how can people get involved? And Yeah, so um, realestateconnections.co.co um, and on Facebook, if you just put in Real Estate Connections, you can connect with us there. Uh, we also have a podcast that uh, hopefully I get more consistent at releasing new episodes. I'm going to hire TJ to do all that for me. Oh, no. But, um, <laughs> Real Estate Connections, the event itself, you know, is really highly dependent on not just the actual threat of COVID, but people's perception of the threat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Some people are ready to start now. Some people I don't think will ever go back to a networking event. Mm. So Peter and I have to balance from a real threat and from a perception of, you know, people like, when is it, when are people going to be comfortable going back? But it is sooner than later. Um, schools are back, you know, restaurants are reopening, mm-hmm. when churches are reopening. So if people feel comfortable going to school and going to church and going and doing life again, well then, you know, some of them will feel comfortable coming and hanging out with us, but our, we're not going to hang our entire community on whether or not we get to get together physically Mm -hmm. Um, our real focus moving forward is pouring ourselves into our digital community creating more content that's value driven and helping people connect in that way Um, i as i told you am just passionate about mentoring people on how to develop a business that supports their desired life so be that through uh, real estate investing flipping houses, building a rental portfolio, long-term rentals, short-term rentals, and everything in between. Um, Peter and I, you know, we have a, a private coaching uh, uh, group that we mentor investors. I also do the same thing over on the uh, realtor front, both mm-hmm. with my EXP team and just one-on-one coaching clients. So um, again, I get fulfillment out of seeing other people succeed. And I think that's really um, the direction we're taking real estate connection is like, how can we take our offline experience and um, recreate that online, not just through the Facebook group, but through other content platforms and other um, coaching and masterminds and opportunities to just bring people together and help them be successful. Yeah. And I think you're definitely doing that. I mean, I, I can see momentum, you know, building that, that long before we even got connected, I, I saw there was building before then. Um, and it, it's a great community. And I, I love what you're doing is, Oh, COVID. Mm, sorry. We'll, we'll come back when COVID's over. Like a lot of businesses have done, unfortunately, you, you took it as a, a chance to grow your, your online presence and your, and your, your, the help that you can provide 
digitally, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah. So. As soon as we realized it wasn't going to be two weeks. Yeah. The two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> two yeah. years later. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm younger, like I'm in my early 40s and uh, Peter's in his early 60s. Um, but he has more energy than I do. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we weren't just going to sit around and let kind of the value of this community. And that's really where the value is at. It's not in getting together and like a networking event. That's awesome. But it really is in the community. So we're just focused on how we can better serve that community and help people, you know, develop a business that supports their desired life versus mm -hmm. a life that revolves around their business. Because if you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. Like you don't have to do business like you did in 1987. As a matter of fact, that doesn't work. If you think knocking on doors, I don't open the door for anyone other than Amazon package deliveries. <laughs> you know, if That's you right. think They're calling, food. calling Fizbo's and expireds and calling leads, like if your name's not in my phone, I don't answer. Mm -hmm. If you want me to talk to you, you're going to leave a message. And if I want to talk to you, I'm going to call you back. So like, my big passion outside of the in investing space is helping realtors develop an active business that suits their lifestyle. So yeah. I know that's a lot, but um, you know, when you find something you enjoy doing, you'll never work another day in your life. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I, I love what you do. I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. I don't know if we mentioned this, but I'm definitely part of your uh, investing coaching group. Um, and it's been, yes, you I wasn't going to out you, but yeah. you <laughs> no, I don't mind. Cause this is all about documenting a journey. So, um, you know, wh who was it? Uh, tick, tick, Han said, um, it's not the, no, he didn't say that. He said, uh, the, it's the path, not the goal or gotcha. the path is the goal. That's what it is. The oh, path is yeah. the goal. So mm -hmm. that's what, that's what I'm trying to do. I, I've, as, as you do want to help, um, other agents that might be, you know, a little bit discouraged or confused about what they should be doing. Um, so, so I was the same way. So I'm just documenting my journey <laughs> so that hopefully, you know, if it helps one other agent, that's, that's great. And I've succeeded. So. Well, um, if, if there's an agent out there who wants to, um, you know, take their business to the next level, approach life in a different way and, you know, build their business to support their lives, then mm -hmm. I would highly recommend they reach out to you. Yeah, most definitely, and and uh, and you as well. So, what, definitely, the next question is, uh, how do how do we get a hold of you specifically if we wanted to reach out to you? Um, a social channel, Facebook's probably the number one. Um, so, but Denny Faircloth on all social platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, just first name, last name, Denny Faircloth, all over the place. Perfect. And I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too, for, for everybody that wants to, to read. Yeah. You can that. link to all my social platforms. <laughs> so Although I'm not, I'm not very active on Twitter. There's some stuff that just auto post over there, but Facebook's gotcha. my most active one. And then Instagram probably behind that. Yeah. It's tough to keep up with all of them, you know, and then, now you got clubhouse coming out. So yeah, we <laughs> are on clubhouse, but we got to start doing some hangouts. We'll see. Yeah. So before we sign off here, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I don't, I don't view this as the end of a conversation more just like a continuation. Yeah. So, you know, if anybody in your audience has a follow-up, whether it be about investing or real estate, you know, they can connect with me there and you know, you've already got the bat phone. So. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Denny. It's, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate it. And, um, I, I think there's a lot that we 
didn't even get into. So we'll have to have you back some one of these days here. Well, thanks, TJ. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks, Danny.